Welcome, guys, to our second ever podcast. I am the host, Tanner Cheatham, and I am here with my co-host, Drew Schrader. And before we start the podcast, here is a quick word from our sponsor. All right, guys, with our first story of the day, um, James Harden now has 32 consecutive games of 30 or more points. Drew, what do you think about this? Well... Before the game that got over tonight, I thought that the Houston Rockets depended on Harden. But since he didn't play tonight and they still got a big win over the Golden State Warriors, not sure if they absolutely live or die on him. I, I see what you mean there. Because, yeah, that was they're playing the, one of the best teams in the league and they don't have their best player and they came out and got a win. That's really clutch on their hand. Um, Just... I just think it's crazy how one player can go off for over 30 points night after night after night. Like, wouldn't you think he would slow down once? Yeah, it's actually crazy. But, you know, knowing him, he was the MVP previous seasons. And he just, he likes to be, he likes to have the ball. And he likes to be the guy who shoots the shots, the important shots. So, in a way, it's... Not that surprising. That is true. And his his deadly double step back move that he does, that I think that's one of the main reasons he gets so many points just because when he does that move, no one's no one can stop him. And the fact that he draws a lot of fouls leading him to the free throw for easy easy points. That that is another really big point. And how he's scoring so much because I think it averages well, I would say he probably averages over 10 free throws a game. Oh, for sure. He's always driving and he's always trying to get contact, always trying to get to the basket. He's always making the rest to make the call. Yeah. On to our second topic. We are going to talk about some scores of some games tonight. Um, the KU versus Texas Tech men's college basketball game that was not a fun game for KU fans no it was not KU was the higher seed or they were ranked higher going into this game I think only by two but still and KU got it handed to them they took a big loss 91 to 62 um yes they struggled only scoring 62 points um usually they like to see more 70, 80 points in a game. Yeah, exactly. And they just, I watched some of the game and it was kind of hard for me to watch. It just, it felt like that they didn't even have a passion to be there. Like they weren't even really competing. And they struggled with this all season. Yeah. And I mean, it's a big loss to them losing Azubuki and they don't have DeSosa this year. And I mean, they still have Diedrich Lawson, who's a really good big for him, but other than that, their big man scenario isn't very good for them. You have to give credit to Texas Tech for shooting lights out tonight. Exactly. They they played really well. They shot really well. And if you shoot really well, that's how you can beat that good Kansas team. Yep, they also played some pretty good defense, assuming that they only let 62 points on them. Yeah. And if KU gets hot, they get hot. Um, 
they can score a lot of points in a hurry and I mean I'm a I'm a KU fan myself but this year it's a weird year for us we're not like as good of offensively as we have been in the past years but I feel like we're a really good defensive team this year this is the gonna be the first year in 15 years that they didn't make the the win the big 12 yeah exactly and that's a kind of a scary thought, honestly, just because literally almost my whole life, KU's won the national, or not the national championship, the Big 12, and this year just wasn't their year. They lost a lot of players, and not. I think some of the players that we thought were going to be good, they're still good, just not as good as we anticipated them being. And that's really hurt KU this year. Mm-hmm. But KU also has some pretty good wins against Tennessee. And so they can show up or they don't show up. Exactly. And KU's kind of an on and off team. They either play really, really well or they don't play well at all. And that's what kind of a scary thought for KU fans and if you're thinking of you got to think about that stuff when you're making your March Madness brackets this year that they're not a reliable team and they can lose easy or they can either win really big or they can lose really big it just depends on how what how they want to play that night I agree with that it's going to be weird to see them they're probably not going to be seated top 3 or yeah they're going to be probably 4 or Lower seed, so yeah, and that's gonna be another weird thing. They're always the two or one seed, and unless they win out the rest of the year and maybe make it back up to a two or a three, I don't see them being a one seed this There's year. There's just too many good teams that are on fire right now. Exactly. There's a lot of really good teams out there this year. It's scary. Um, another score. Um, TC unranked TCU upset number nineteen Iowa State. Um. I personally didn't see much about this, but that's a big win for TCU. Since, and I think Iowa State's towards the top in the Big Twelve, but I could be mistaken. This really shocked me because Iowa State's usually a team that plays really hard, and they don't they play not to lose. They don't lose very many games. Exactly, and they've always they're kind of like a. Well, West Virginia to KU, like, they're always really good. and Besides this year. Yeah. They always find a way to make it close with KU, even if they're not good. K-State kind of does the same thing sometimes. We've always just had really close games against those teams when it should have been, shouldn't have been. Well, talking about the K-State game, they absolutely blew out Oklahoma State. Or Oklahoma State. Yes, they did. That was a huge win for K-State. They won by... Around 40 points, I believe. Yep, around they, there. Yeah, they, they blew them out of the water. And K-State's a good team this year, and that's something that they can do. They can destroy teams like that. And, I mean, Oklahoma State's not a really good team. They, but they are garbage this year. Yeah, they, they're pretty bad this year, but still winning by over 40 points to a team is still yeah, really good. Yeah, any team, especially a D1 team. Exactly, that's it. That's a really good thing to be able to say. And that might help them move up a few spots in the rankings when they come out on Monday. Oh, yeah. Another 
shocking loss. Tennessee lost in OT to LSU, 82-80. to Drew, were you expecting that? No, I could not say I was, um, but I'm glad to see it. I'm, I always root against the, the higher seed. I root for the underdog, and uh, it's just glad to see that LSU <laughs> pull up the win. Yeah, exactly. Um, Tennessee's lost a few games recently, and they're the. I think they were the five seed going into this game, and that's gonna drop them a lot losing to LSU. Granted, LSU was ranked, I think, 14, or not 14. They're they're ranked, were they? Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure they were ranked. They're ranked something. Yeah. So they're not a bad team. Yeah, they're not a bad team, but a five losing any game is going to drop them quite a bit unless... Unless they're Duke. Yeah, unless it's Duke. <laughs> um, Speaking of Duke, Duke got a good win tonight against Syracuse in a pretty tight battle towards the end, until the end. And, Drew, I know you are a Syracuse fan, so what is your uh, thoughts on the game? Yeah, this one hurt, but it was a really good game to watch until near the end where where Syracuse just had a foul and Duke kept shooting free throws. But the defense on both teams was really well. They each had a lot of steals. Syracuse had at least over five steals, and Duke had maybe two or three. So it was a really good defensive game, fun to watch. And uh can't say I wasn't expecting it, but, you know, I had high hopes that Syracuse might have been able to pull it out since Zion wasn't playing. Yeah, I was I was maybe thinking that Duke was going to lose another game with Zion not playing, but that just shows that how well that team plays with even with their one of their best, I'd say their best or maybe second best player on that team is out, that they can still pull it out and win games. You have to give R.J. Barrett credit, though. He dropped 30, which is almost half their team's points. Exactly that. That's an honestly insane. R.J. played really well. He shot lights out. Yeah, he missed only a few. Yeah, I think I, think I heard something today towards the end of that game because I only was able to catch a couple minutes of that game, but I'm pretty sure I heard that that was R.J. Barrett's sixth 30th or 30 point game of this season that is true that is I just I think that's unbelievable to be able to it's kind of like the James Harden thing but James Harden is in the NBA and he's in college and And I just think it's crazy the NBA also plays longer more minutes exactly like being able to drop that many points for your team six times that year 30 points is a lot of points in college Especially when your team's only scoring 70, 80 points. Because that's almost getting close to half the points. I just say it's hard to lose if you have a guy dropping 30. Exactly. It's kind of rare to see a guy or a team lose when you have guys scoring 30 points a night. And R.J. Barrett, other games, he scored 30 points. Zion Williams was still in the game. Exactly, yeah. So that shows how good this kid is. Yeah, I was actually thinking that too earlier, that it's crazy to think that, yeah, he had a 30-point game when Zion wasn't there to score, but all his other five games that he's had 30 points, Zion was there playing too. And it's not like Zion really has bad games because that man's a a big, big man, and he can get 
points really easy in the paint. So it's not like it's easy getting 30 points, especially when you have a man-child on your team like him. Yeah, it's safe to say that RJ is playing really well. Yeah, and that's good for Duke to try and not drop too far down. They're going to drop from that loss that they took earlier this week, but winning against Syracuse with Zion out is going to help them not drop too far down. And the team that they lost to North Carolina is a really good basketball team. Yeah, that is true. They, they're Duke's rival and probably, in my opinion, the second best team in the NCAA right now. Yeah, there, there's a lot of good teams wearing blue this year. Kentucky's a good team, even though they got blown out at the beginning of the season, but they got blown out by Duke, so that makes sense. Duke's a good team. And just, there's a lot of really good teams in the NCAA this year. And I think... Especially in the ACC. Exactly. The ACC is really strong right now. And it's going to be really fun watching March Madness this year. I don't think there's going to be very much upsets with the one one and two seeds. But who knows? Like, there's really good teams. Like, we were saying earlier, KU might drop down to like a five or a six. And they could upset someone quite easily being that low. Yeah. Another few games that or scores that we have for games. Um the Bulls beat the Celtics one twenty six to one sixteen. Which honestly kinda surprised me. I don't know if it surprised you, Drew. It definitely surprised me because last time the Bulls and Celtics played, they got blown out. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they lost by like forty or fifty. And the Celtics are a good team and I know they're young and they're trying to they've had some issues throughout the season with uh guys thinking they know what they're doing but they don't and not listening to Kyrie who's their leader but in the end of the day the Celtics are a very good ball club and that's just crazy to me that they lost to a team of the Bulls who doesn't have very many wins this year they're one of the worst in the league but they are they are on a two-game win streak so you know Maybe they can end the season strong. Exactly. Get ready for next season. I saw that uh, uh, Zach Levine helped him win that game a little bit. He dropped 42 points. And that, when you're dropping 42 points for your team, that's a big help. Oh, yeah. Another game that, or another NBA game score that we have is the Pelicans versus the Lakers. The Pelicans got the win, 128 to 115, which. This is bad for the Lakers because they need to be winning all these games, especially these ones against the lower teams or the teams close to them in rankings because if they start losing to teams like this, then they're just going to go up and they're going to go down and they're not going to have a chance to go to the playoffs this year. Yeah, after this game, I do not actually think that the Lakers will make the playoffs. The Pelicans are one of the worst teams in the West and the Lakers have a really tough last games that they have to play. They have to play uh, Sacramento, I think. They have to play the Warriors again. It's going to be tough. Yeah, and there's a lot of good teams around the Lakers right now. They're going to be doing well, like the Kings. We're going to get back to them here, in a, or we're going to talk about them here in a little bit. But, yeah, that's really unfortunate for the Lakers losing this game. Yeah, especially after LeBron said that he was activated. It really hurts. Yeah, he must have not activated well enough. Yeah, even though he dropped 27 points, I believe. This yeah. This wasn't enough. 
And and Anthony Davis wasn't playing in that game either. Exactly. That that kind of shocked me too. AD, uh, something's hurt on him, his knee or something on his leg, I think. And he sat out this game and they still <coughs> the Pelicans still somehow got the win. It's kind of like that Rockets game where they somehow won without having James Harden. I mean, they have a good they have a way better team than the Pelicans do without their star player, but it's still shocking that those two teams got wins without their star players. It helps that when a team plays together, they don't need their superstar. Exactly. That that just shows that that superstar isn't the only thing the only thing that that team has. Mm-hmm. The other guys are on those teams are professionals too and they can they can ball. Exactly. And I saw a stat today that this is the second closest time to the playoffs that or for LeBron being under Okay. I'll rephrase this. So this is the second closest uh LeBron's team's been 500 when nearing the playoffs in his whole career and the first time was like the first time he ever made the playoffs. And that's with this young Lakers team, he's going to have to play with them and play as a unit and he's got to control the team and make sure they're going at 100% and they got to win out almost all their games this year. It's gonna be, it's gonna be harder, I think, this year than it was his first time, that he brought them back from f- under five hundred into the playoffs because that then, uh, he he was young and he had that, he he was in really good shape and he could do what LeBron does and now he's a little older, you know, fatigue, his injuries, it's just gonna be tough for him to carry the team. Exactly, and I mean LeBron has always been good, but. I feel like, I don't know, this might not be true, but I feel like that first year that he made the playoffs, he maybe wasn't their leader of the team like he is now. And he he was the young guy back then, and now he's the old one. And he's kind of like flipping roles. Yeah, I can see that. I'm not really familiar with the, the Cavaliers team way back when. so Yeah, me either. Um, another really interesting game in the NBA was the Kings versus the Thunder. The Kings trying to make it into the playoffs, scraped by the Thunder, one nineteen to one sixteen, and we actually caught the last part of that game. It was kind of a crazy one. The Kings played really well, and so did the Thunder. These are two really good ball clubs. And Drew, what do you think about the game? Um, I actually like the fact that the Kings win. That they won. Um, unpopular opinion, but you know the Oklahoma City Thunder, they can afford to lose some games to get to the playoffs. But this, the Kings have to win their games, and uh, this was a big one for them. And they're really young, and they're going to be really fun to watch in the playoffs if they make it. And they're probably the best matchup against the Warriors first round if there was any of the teams on the bubble. So that'd be really fun to watch. Exactly, and. Honestly, it'd be really cool if the King could scrape by to like a seven seed instead of the eight so they could maybe take on the Nuggets instead because that would give them a better chance than the Warriors. And I watched that this game some at the beginning, and they're really – I never realized how young this team is. Like, they're starting like De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heald, and then they acquired Harrison Barnes from a trade. They got Marvin Bagley. They got Willie Cauley-Stein, and they got – Harry Giles and this it team goes on and on and they're a really really young team and I know that this team is going to be really good in the future just because 
I saw glimpses of greatness tonight when I watched them. They're just really fun to watch. They're young. They're quick. They play with passion. Exactly, and Buddy Heald's been playing really well lately. Um, I think he had like I think he led the team with like thirty four points tonight, and he's just he's a really good shooter. And when he starts to develop his game more, he's going to be a really big threat in this league. Yes, I agree. <clears throat> Shots on point. Good player. And on the other side of things, uh, the Thunder, they played really well, and they're obviously a really fun team to watch. Russell Westbrook dropped 42 again. That's back-to-back nights of dropping over 40 points for him, which is a pretty good thing to do. Um, uh, he didn't get a triple-double tonight, sadly, but he played really well, and I saw MVP Russell Westbrook tonight when I watched him. The Thunder actually had a chance to tie the game up or win the tie the game up um, last second. Paul George, they unbounded the ball to him. He made a move, got a screen, shot the ball from deep, uh, and just barely missed, hit the front of the rim. It could have been a really close game. This could have been two games in a row where Paul George just showed out his uh, potential MVP uh, status. Exactly, yeah. Um, Harrison Barnes was guarding him in the inbound. There was like four seconds left, I think, and he got around the screen, but then Adams ended up hitting him with the screen, and Willie Cauley-Stein came over to him, so he had to shoot over a, a bigger defender, which probably messed up his shot a little bit. And he was really crowded in between Barnes and uh, Willie Cauley-Stein, which would be a good reasoning in why he missed that shot. Yeah, the Kings played that almost perfectly. They contained them, and he they forced them to shoot a hard shot. And what I like about uh, what happened at the end of the game, the Kings didn't foul the Thunder and made them shoot at the free throw line just to um, get just to get them the win. They uh, they let them shoot the three, and depended on if they made or missed. It's just I feel like it's classy. Exactly. Yeah, I see what you mean there. Um. Speaking of the Paul George MVP thing, uh, Drew, who do you, who is your MVP right now in the NBA? Right now, I have a bias towards Giannis, but I think Paul George just has to be my MVP. He can shoot. He's clutch. His team depends on him when it's uh, game time. And for Giannis, his team does depend on him, but he he just doesn't have an outside shot. He's still a beast, and he's still probably going to be the best player in the league in the next couple of years. But I think so far this year, what Paul George has been doing lately, I think Paul George has my MVP vote. Exactly. Um, yeah, I've been thinking about MVP voting and who my MVP would be, and it's actually really tough for me because, I mean, I think the three notable and – Probably obvious runners for MVP right now are Giannis, James Harden, and Paul George. And Giannis is Giannis. If you've ever watched NBA, you've seen a highlight of Giannis because this man is ginormous. He is very athletic for how long he is, and he can get to the rim whenever he wants. And if he develops an outside shot, he will be one of the best players in the league. Or he already is. He will be the best player in the league if he gets an outside shot. And he might be one of the best ever, I think. Because he can almost drive to the rim whenever he wants and score. He scores like 30 points without an outside shot. And just thinking about him, 
being able to pull it from three and make two or three threes a game, that's going to increase his average a lot. And that's going to be a really hard time on defenders too because they're not going to know if he's going to drive or if he's going to be able to pull up. But right now all he can do is drive. So it's a little bit easier for defenders, but still he's the Greek freak. So To help uh, Giannis's point of um, MVP, uh, he's doing it all alone. Like He has Chris Middleton, which is he's a really good player, but... Uh, besides that, he doesn't have the people that Paul George does, at least not uh, Stephen Adams and Russell Westbrook and many others are really good. Exactly, and what I really like about what the Bucks have done this year, they have built a team around Giannis because they know Giannis is a driving player and they know he gets the basket as much as he can. So they've been loading up this team with three-point shooters. They have Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez can shoot threes, Malcolm Brogdon, and then they picked up Nikola Mirotic, and he can shoot threes really well. And that's just, they're trying to become a playoff contender building around Giannis. And I think that they've done a really, really good job in Milwaukee these past few years. Yeah, and uh, depending what they do in the offseason these next couple seasons, they might be able to become the next super, not super team, but the powerhouse team over Golden State. It just depends how Golden State unfolds. Exactly. Yeah, that's going to be really interesting to see how or where everyone goes this year in the next few years for Golden State, if they all stay together or if the rumors are true and KD goes to New York or Washington or wherever they're saying he's going. It's just going to be really interesting, and I'm really excited to see him. Another point about the MVP, I was talking about how Giannis was a very good player in this league and then obviously there's the other two like you can argue that James Harden could be the MVP just because I mean he has 32 straight games at 30 plus points and that's hard there's no one else has really ever done that besides Wilt Chamberlain and he was like a cheat code back in his day so it's kind of amazing to be able to categorize yourself with someone that amazing and like the top five people did uh the top five most consecutive games like in a row for the people it's been Wilt and James Harden are the only two and that's just really cool to say you're up there with Wilt and something that good yeah um so you never really answered this but who do you think who's your MVP you know or you still don't know I I want to say I'd probably have to go with James Harden still, just because, I mean, uh, obviously Giannis is doing really well, and he's a really good player in this league, and Paul George is doing really well, and he is a good player in this league as well, but I feel like James Harden is doing it more on his own than Paul George, and I I think that those two are the two that or it's closed down to right now because I feel like Giannis hasn't been talked about very much. And if you're not being talked about a lot for the MVP, then you're probably not going to win it. That's, yeah, that's very interesting. I would actually have James Harden as my third. So it's a interesting point you made. Yeah, and like, he, I mean, obviously he's dropping 30 points left and right and left and right. And that's just really good for him. And He's doing it all almost on his own. Like, he's not doing it off assists or anything like that. 
he's making himself open. He's making his own shots, and I think he's just a very dominant player in this league. Um, another topic. Um, D'Angelo Russell plays for the Nets, and he turned 23 years old today. So if you're listening to this, happy birthday. But um, this year he has a career high in points per game, assists per game, and field goal percentage. And he's the youngest player to hit 500 threes in NBA history. And he's brought the Nets to the sixth seed in the East. Imagine being the Lakers and trading this guy. Exactly. Yeah, the Lakers could have kept him, and he would have been... He, I honestly don't know if he would have been as good just because he wouldn't be able to develop his game and run the team like he is in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. but he still would be a very good player for the Lakers. Yeah, and I feel like he probably... With him, the Lakers would already be in the playoff talk, maybe six, five seed, maybe even four. Exactly, and they wouldn't have had to spend money on Rondo or Lance Stevenson and people like that, and they could have used and got different people in free agency. Drew, um, do you think that he will be a all-star? Well, since this was his first year being an all-star, do you think he will continue to be an all-star in this league? Um, honestly, right now, I didn't actually think that he was going to be an all-star this year, and uh, maybe he shouldn't have been. I'm not sure who to put ahead, but... He's still young. He's developing, but he is leading a team on his own. Um, but in future years, for sure, I think D'Angelo Russell is a really good player. I feel like he is a star, but I'm not sure if he's an all-star. But he will be in the all-star game. Exactly, yeah. That's kind of how my train of thought was going as well. Um, another topic, or on to the next topic... Um, there was an art or ESPN posted today on their Instagram that Chad Ochocinco, who used to play for the Bengals, which he does not right now, uh, tweeted out this thing and said, uh, how's everyone's Friday going? And he was just looking at the responses and some guy said, I'm getting evicted, but it's Friday. So I guess it's good. And Ocho Cinco was like, dang, that sucks, man. Just send me the bill and I'll pay for it for you. And Drew, uh, what do you think about that? Uh, I think this is really cool. I think that players using their platform and their money to help others out is just really cool. I feel like I don't think that players should be obligated to do this, but it's just always nice to hear a story about this once or twice. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Um, I think it's cool when they have stories like this or like even when they do the make a wish stuff on Sports Center. I just think it's cool that the athletes aren't all caught up in the game and they're focusing on the fans some and helping out their fans as much as they can. All right. And uh for our last story, who do you who do you, who's gonna win the NBA title? That is a very good question, Drew. Um I honestly think that the Warriors are going to win it again. I don't think that there is very much debate in this topic just because, I mean, there is some debate, but I feel like the Warriors are just such a powerhouse that it's going to be really hard to beat them. Yeah, I can agree with that. But if the Kings do get the eighth seed, then 
the Warriors are going to have a tough run. They're going to have to go through them, which they struggled against this season. And they're going to have to go against the Rockets eventually. And the Rockets have beat them four straight times as of tonight's game. So, yeah, we'll see. That, that could be the deciding factor on who that eight seed is, on how far the Warriors go. If the Warriors do not make it or win, I think it will either be the Raptors or the Rockets. Yeah, and um, so if the Warriors do make it to the finals, they will win. They'll be every team in the East. But if they don't make it and um, the Houston Rockets make it or the Thunder make it, I think the Raptors or the Bucks are going to win. Yeah, the, the Raptors at the beginning of the year showed glimpses of them being a really dominant team in this league. And they still have just – they've kind of slowed down a little bit. But I still feel like it's going to be a good battle. And I feel like if it is a Raptors – um, Warriors uh, finish for the title is going to be a better series than the Cavaliers Warriors just because the Raptors are a more or they are a better team and they're a more rounded team and it's not a one man show like it was in Cleveland last year mm-hmm. and the Sixers the Sixers could also be in the conversation but I don't think they're going to win the East just because they have four four now really good players of Joel Embiid, Simmons, uh, Tobias Harris, and Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler, yeah, the old Timberwolves guy. Um, but I feel like they take the ball away from each other too much. Every most of them want the ball in their hands. They want to control the game, and it's taken away from each other's games. Exactly, and I kind of forgot about the seventy six, honestly. But yeah, I. I think the Warriors are going to be able to pull it off again this year, but who knows? The the West is good this year, and like even the Nuggets are the two seed right now. I think, and I don't think anyone saw that coming. But Jokic is just a really big threat in this league, and we just got to see how it plays out. Yep. All right. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We will end it there. Um, we will see you guys in the next one. Peace.